0: Welcome to the Overyak Podcast. In a society that puts women in a box...
1: Let's overreact. Let's Let- overreact. How to come more,
0: hey ladies. It's your
1: girl Angela Wamboy and, and it's your girl Lush Angela and we are back at Kofisit 9 studios which is an exciting time because this season 2 as you all know, we have been bringing to you different women who are in leadership positions. Um I just want to read this fact. So according to UN Women, women do 2.6 times more unpaid care and domestic work than women. Why families and societies and economies depend on this work for women. It leads lower earnings and less time to engage in non-work activities. So gender equality by 2030 requires urgent action to eliminate the many root causes of discrimination that still curtail women's rights in private and public spheres. Women's equality and empowerment is one of the 17 sustainable development goals, but also integral to all dimensions of inclusive and sustainable development. In short, All the SDGs depend on the achievement of Goal 5. And today, we're talking on why we need to be having these conversations about leadership, about women in leadership, and even, you know, trying to find a way that by the time we get to 2030, we have a better divide than we do now.
2: Oh my God. And you reading that uh, statement, I was like, oh my God. And the same people say it's going to take 132 years to achieve gender equality. So... So much to be done. Mm-hmm. But it starts with a conversation like this one and having women sit at the table and have this conversation to trigger change and to. Today, we are hosting one amazing Wanjiro Kanyiha Luciola. She's a trained uh, lawyer and advocate of the High Court of Kenya. Uh, she advocates for social justice and good governance. And right now, she is all about making Kilimani the community or the hood of choice. She is the Executive Director Kilimani Project Foundation. Welcome, welcome. Uh, introduce yourself and tell us one fun fact about yourself.
3: All right. Good morning, everyone. Hey, ladies. It's yeah. so good to be here. It's so good to meet you and uh, congratulations on the amazing job that you're doing here today. Oh, thank I'm you. honored to be your guest and uh, I look forward to having a great conversation. So as you've heard, my name is Wanjiro Kanyaha Luciola. I am uh, a mother <laughs> to four beautiful children. I am a wife to uh, Mr. Sami Luciola, and I'm a Kenyan and I love being a Kenyan despite you know the challenges we face every day as Kenyans trying to not only survive, but thrive in this city that we call Nairobi. Uh, and uh, more than that, I'm a, I'm a sister, I'm a friend. I see myself as uh, an empathetic and, uh, you know, relatable person. Uh, and I love people. I love people. I work, love working with communities. I love uh, seeing people thrive. I love seeing women thrive and do better and play their part in building themselves up, building their communities, and ultimately, you know, creating the change that we want to see in our in our society. So I'm really honored to be here, and I look forward to a great conversation.
0: Amazing. Um, so one quick question we have for you as we kick off is: What is your leadership? What is your definition of leadership? And what does it mean to you to have women like you in your position?
3: All right, Uh, for me, leadership is uh, being bold, and being audacious in whatever it is you're doing. Uh, for me, leadership is not about position. You can be a leader wherever you are in the society. You can be a leader in your household. You can be a leader in your uh, in your estate group. You can be a leader in your school. You can be a leader wherever you are in your work. So for me, leadership is about advocating first for yourself and then for other people. And then the the tools and mechanism uh, around leadership are what uh, differ. For example, leadership in a in a workspace in a work environment such as this would perhaps be different uh, than leadership in a community where you have to organize and mobilize community members. But uh, in a workspace or in a corporate environment, leadership is more hierarchical in terms of this is the, um, the CEO of a company, for example, who's trickling down the ultimate vision or strategy of the company. And then you have to follow specific steps to, to achieve your ultimate goal. But for me, leadership really is being a voice uh, at whatever point you are to change uh, people's lives for the better. I can't put it any simpler than that.
1: Yeah. yeah. I absolutely love that. And um, so in Kilimani Project Foundation, how do you, uh, tell us a bit about it, but how do you aim to achieve and in terms of developing the leaders and um, that work for you, and um, what are some of the things even you, um, as the head, like try to you know bring up people's skills, develop them? What are some of the things that you pride yourself in doing within the foundation, and even you as a person? All right, thank you so much. So
3: the Kilimani Project Foundation is a community foundation and residents' association uh, for people who live, work, and play in Kilimani, and for many people they see themselves as transient in terms of I don't live there, I don't work there. But if you pass through Kilimani, we also own you (laughs) in terms of you Mm -hmm. have something to to contribute to the good of Kilimani. So as a foundation, we've been there from 2012 and were established formally in 2013. And uh, the ultimate goal of the foundation is to provide a platform for community voice, to create agency for citizens uh, and business owners, to drive Kilimani really as a residence and uh, uh, environment of choice, where we want to bring up our children, where we want to conduct uh, diligent and good business, where we want people to to thrive, you know, even as you continue to live and to contribute to the community. So as a foundation, we have uh, different programs we run, and one of our key 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 drivers is community philanthropy where we advocate for people to give and not only financially but also to give of their skills, to give of their time, to come through and actually make a difference where they see the, you know, the, their pain points in terms of either whether it's security, whether it's up it's urban planning, whether it's environment. So our call to action always is, it starts with you, right? So you see the street is dirty. So how can you mobilize? How can you organize yourself, your community members, your neighbors, and so on to come out and be that change that you want to see? Um, in terms of leadership, what we try to inculcate uh, through and through, as I said, is, uh, you know, giving of you, of yourself. So it's either through your your finances, through your time, through your skills. So we do run a volunteers program where we, we call on people to give their time their skills and this is a cross board. So through our pillars we have professionals who give of their time, who come and say okay fine I'm an architect, I'm an urban planner, how can I contribute my skills to to building Kilimani in a better in a better way that's more sustainable in a way that's better planned because mm-hmm. most of our cities really are suffering from lack of planning. So we have a cross board, you know, uh, lawyers architects who have given of themselves to come and say I've seen this problem in the community and I want to help. Uh, our latest um Program is which is I'm also passionate about. It's one of the ones that I really, really uh, like to support in is around mental health. And uh, it was born out of one of our members coming and saying, You know, I'm seeing this as a real issue within our community. Our children are suffering, our men specifically are suffering because they don't have outlets, they don't have people to speak to, they don't know how to deal with this whole burden. So they feel like they're carrying everything on their shoulders. So, how do we start to address these issues? So, it it takes people like that, you know, to start driving these conversations, to start, you know, activating, you know, conversations within the community, and then then you just see this organic growth happening within the community. Now uh, that committee is is one of our stronger ones, where people are saying we have to do advocacy around mental health. What does that look like? Uh, who do we need to be talking to? Mm-hmm. You know, who, who's affected? You know, and we've seen quite some some growth around that particular one. We have one also around uh, supporting business. People in Kilimani. and this was a lady who we'd worked with before, who came and said, "I see the potential that there is in the foundation. We are not paying any of these people, right? Mm. But they see they see the need, right? And they see the vision that we are trying to create. And for us, that is leadership. Uh, For me, I think." Working with these different people has enabled me grow and become a better leader because I'm an ultimate believer in uh, rising as you lift others. I can't say I've been successful if I leave this seat and nothing has changed. If I have not groomed people, if I have not opened doorways and created opportunities for other people to to find their own voice, to to activate within themselves, you know uh, that uh, that action that needs to be done. So for me, that's what leadership is, and, and I'm happy to be part of the foundation and to see the change that's already happening.
2: Amazing. I love how passionate you are. Definitely, you can tell you're a passionate change maker. And I just wanted to hear just before you joined Kilimani, you were a corporate lawyer, right? Uh, but at the same time, you are advocating for a fair justice uh, um, system or rather tax system. And um, you, of course, everything you've done, whether it's in the corporate world, whether in, in the humanitarian sector, you're always advocating for social justice. So tell us, how did you transition from corporate? to humanitarian and now plugging into what you're doing for the people and for the community
3: and what are the pillars that informs your leadership journey throughout your career. Okay. yeah, Thank you for Mm -hmm. that. So for me, I feel like it was a natural transition um, because I didn't feel like I I sat very well in the corporate world. Mm -hmm. And uh, so an opportunity came when I was, um, you know, still in, in the corporate sector to transition into a governance organization. And I got the opportunity to, you know, to be involved in programs around around governance, good governance around uh, anti-corruption, uh, both you know at a civic level, at a community level. Mm-hmm. So that that journey was sort of natural for me in terms mm-hmm. of uh, being a social impact uh, individual to move then into that into that kind of space. And I've never looked back, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, having a legal background helps even in terms of having the conversations around uh, constitutional law, you know, human rights law, and mm-hmm. all that. So that gives. Me me a good foundation in terms of how to engage around these issues and how they keep emerging and how we can respond as communities to to these emerging issues. Mm. Uh, And for me as a leader, I feel my journey has been, uh, you know, enlightening in mm-hmm. terms of never really seeing yourself as someone who can lead, right? Mm-hmm. We never see ourselves as leaders. We're always looking at someone else. They are they're, they're better leaders than me or they are better at doing X, Y, and Z. Is that a woman's thing? It is. Uh-huh. It is, unfortunately. And uh, I was fortunate enough also to do a mentorship program that really helped me this leadership journey in mm-hmm. terms of knowing how to talk to myself, right, in terms of silencing the inner critic, you mm-hmm. know, and I'm sure you're all familiar with that. Eh? The gremlins are <laughs> real. <laughs> silencing mm-hmm. that inner critic that, you know, that tells you you can't do it, you're not good enough, mm-hmm. you don't have the qualifications, there's people better than you mm-hmm. who've been doing this for longer, you know, all yeah. that. Yeah. You know, you know, fortunately I was able to get uh, to to go into a program into a mentorship program that was able to help me shape my thinking because that's where it all starts and part of this journey was was knowing myself right? Mm. That's where it all begins. You have to know yourself, know your strengths, know what works for you, what doesn't work for you. Advocate for yourself. Because again, this is not something we've been taught to. We're never socialized to advocate for yourself first, right? Put everyone else before you. But now it's about unlearning some of those things, like advocate for yourself even before you advocate for others. So for me, this leadership journey has been quite interesting. And I'd want you know, to get more women, you know, in this path of, of self-knowledge and, uh, figuring out who am I, what can I do? What change can I make? And then elevating others, even as we elevate ourselves.
0: Amazing. You have such an amazing journey. And as, as you talk about your journey, one thing that keeps ringing in my head is each one, reach one, each one, teach one. Um, You know, I I love how you're lifting others up as you climb up the ladder. And um, one thing I want to ask you is what would you say are your leadership strengths? Um, How would you encourage another person to implement uh, some of your strengths? Okay. Thank you for that. I see
3: myself as a people oriented leader. And what does that mean? Um, that means I put the people first. I understand that there's stuff to be done. You know, we have the work plans, the, the theoretical frameworks and all those things, the proposals to be written and all that. But at the end of the day, uh, for me, as see the people coming first. I see uh, a situation where if you don't put people first, then, you know, what you're working on really is not uh, important. So for me, I want to see my my team happy. I want to create an environment where people are thriving, where people are not afraid to ask questions, where people are not afraid to give feedback or receive feedback, where we are all growing. You know, as a leader, I'm, I'm never shy uh, to receive any sort of criticism. Mm-hmm. And I had to learn that very, very early on, that it's not a personal thing, but you have to leave yourself open uh, for growth. And part of that growth means receiving feedback in terms of how you can do better, how you can be better and how you can encourage others. In terms of um, uh, creating, uh, you know, other leaders, you know, it's also about transparency. And, uh, you know, I was reading an article earlier today where they were saying how uh, management styles have moved or shifted from, you know, from way back when, Mm -hmm. where, you know, There was no information flow. The only person who had information was the guy at the top. Then he'd weaponize the information, right? Mm -hmm. So, and times have changed. You can't hold information and expect people to execute fully, you know, when you're not empowering them with information, skills, tools, equipment, and all that. It's all the, the full spectrum. So for me, I see myself as a leader who empowers people with information, who empowers them with skills and everything they need to do to execute and be the best. That they can be
2: wow amazing
1: so earlier you said you you wish to invite more women to to have this knowledge so we all when we start a year we have this vision of what we want to achieve and then we create the mission which is the steps that we need to take what's the vision that you have for women in this space even in the foundation space and um, because there's actually not a lot of women-led organizations in terms of foundation what's the big what where do you see women in leadership in the next five years what's your vision for it and what are some of the things maybe you're going to try and do to be part of that conversation to be part of that journey okay
3: thank you so much uh so for me I see a future Kenya where women are actually occupying these seats, not because of um, you know some political push or you know other you know other forces forcing women to take these seats. No, I see my I see it as women actually rising, you know, to occupy these seats on merit, right? So the the women are educating themselves. They are they are being strategic about these positions. What do I need to do to you know, to to get to that point. So I also see it in the sense where women are opening doors for other women because for a long time we've heard that, you know, that doesn't happen. And uh, women sometimes act as gatekeepers. So for me, it's it's a future where we are actually advocating for other women, for us who are in such positions of leadership. We are advocating for other women, driving them to, you know, to be better, to go back to school, you know, to improve their skills and to just, you know, elevate themselves in terms of their, you know, their capacities, whether it's technical skills, leadership skills, whatever it is. So in terms of getting mentors in terms of getting sponsors who would then allow you to be in spaces that should not necessarily be. So a Kenya where, you know, parliament that two thirds gender rule. Um <laughs> is met, not because, you know, it's a constitutional thing, mm-hmm. right, but women have actually elevated themselves into those positions and saying, I have a, a ground to stand on, not because I was put there as a token, you know, so we do our way with tokenism in terms of giving this, these seats to women, but where they've actually earned these seats, and we are creating an environment that women are able to occupy these spaces, and that they're able to sit at the table, you know, and, and offer their um, their opinions, their valid opinions, and this are taken and considered. And, you know, the, the the playing field then is starting to level in terms of seeing these women in leadership grow.
2: Amazing. I love the way you're saying. Sometimes women are put uh, just, you know, as tokens, as trophies. And um, we were talking about earlier, the um, offer that uh, we need to normalize uh, women being leaders and not necessarily leadership being defined as political. So the way we are having this conversation, We are definitely saying we have to redefine how leadership is viewed because when we were growing up, we we saw it very masculine. uh, Thanks to patriarchy that leaks every day. Uh, But it's good to have this conversation and to have women like yourself come come here and talk about how important it is to change our view. And it doesn't have to be on paper for women to be put on, um, you know, leadership skills. Um, I wanted to ask you one question. Um, I've not seen someone advocate for fair um, tax systems, and that's one of the most critical aspect in terms of um, you know narrowing and um, reducing the the inequality that we all experienced. How has that journey been for you? Are you still within Kilimani able to influence tax uh, fair tax systems? All
3: right, it's not a project that we've taken on mm-hmm. um, specifically because that was a. Project, You know, when I was undertaking that project, Mm -hmm. it was actually a donor funded project Ah, that was uh, uh, focused on three specific counties. And it was also around resource mobilization. And one of the ways of mobilizing resources was through taxation. But the other facet of it was, you know, the taxation was not fair in the sense that small businesses, for example, uh, were being taxed heavily through different um, categories of taxes, taxes and licenses and so on and so forth. So that particular program was coming to see how then these uh, taxation regimes could be made fairer in the sense that, you know, let the, let the, tax, uh, let the taxman go a bit easier on the, on the small businesses specifically to allow them to, to organize, uh, you know, their finances better and to, to be able to get access to, to facilities. So even as you're paying tax, where is the tax going you have the facilities that you need to to conduct your business you know to the the training that you need to to keep your books and so on and so forth so it was a it was a, a time-bound program that we saw and you know were able to see the outcomes really and working closely with uh with the county and national governments to see how then we can make those tax uh, systems fairer but within Kilimani that's a conversation that we've not been able to have but uh you know in terms of how we go into the next election and that cycle before the next election. It's a conversation we want to have around the budgeting process and how communities and residents can be involved in that in terms of what goes into the budget. We need community voice and participation. How is that being expended in terms of, okay, these are the community needs. Has this gone into what it was actually set out to be? Mm -hmm. So that's a position we are at, uh, you know, right now around the taxation issue.
0: That's that's amazing. So one thing about, you know, growing into your leadership, um, growing into the position that you have, um, we've been raised to live life with applause you know anytime we do something we always wait for people to congratulate us but we're not taught to embrace rejection and rejection is a huge part of the journey Um, you know all the challenges that we go through the mistakes that we make Um, so we want to take this opportunity to celebrate um, your mishaps can you tell us any particular challenges that you've experienced um, any failures and um, what role did they play in shaping who you are as a leader right now
3: that's a great question, and also because we don't like <laughs> we don't like talking about our failures. But it's it's a good question. And um, for me, I feel that you know my career choice was not necessarily a failure. But I, I think the the socialization that we had was you either had to be a doctor, a lawyer, mm. <laughs> or, um, architect, accountant, <laughs> teacher.
1: <laughs>
3: so I felt like I I I boxed myself, you know, into that uh, into that thinking. And I picked the career that I did, not necessarily because I wanted to. Were you, was it influenced by society or by your parents? Yes, there was influence in terms of, oh, you can actually do this. You know, know, uh, law would be good for you. And I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, I was good in history and art and whatever. So this seemed a a bit more natural of a choice. And I remember even in law school, before I finished law school, I got uh, a job with a humanitarian organization that would have allowed me to work with refugees you know actually what I'm doing today not <laughs> refugees but you know something similar, similar. Mm-hmm. but you know because of the pressure to finish school law school and become an advocate of the high court of Kenya I did not go that way and for a long time I I felt uh, that I, I sort of misstepped in terms of you know of uh, you know not following what I wanted to do, not following my heart. Uh, but in retrospect, I was like, you know, that was a, a, a huge lesson for me in terms of you know going forward. You need to really advocate for yourself again. What do you, what do you want? You know, not versus what does society want? What do your parents want? You know, and and for me that has been a great lesson. Another great lesson was to learn to forgive myself yes you know and there's uh, there's a quotation I saw some time back where it was saying learn to forgive yourself for not knowing better now that you know better I love right it. because you can live your life beating yourself up mm-hmm. for whatever it is you didn't do that or you did that and for your mistakes but it gets to a point where you just have to put that baggage down mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it holds you down it yeah. bogs you down so when you learn to forgive yourself every day for the small things for the little things for the big things and pick the lessons so the idea is not to keep making the same mistake right but to forgive yourself for that mistake you made and then learn not to repeat it so for me it's, it's it's a continuous journey that I've I've, I've gotten to learn uh, about also being gracious to myself because uh, it's often says that you're hardest on yourself, which is true. So if you learn to give yourself a bit more compassion, to talk to yourself a bit kinder, you know, then you're able to reconcile all these things. And life will not always, you know, give you what you want. But, uh, you know, if you're able to progress every day, knowing I'm the best that I can be, I forgive myself, Wajiro, it's OK, you made a mistake. Mistake, it's mm. fine you're human yeah. but let's let's see what have we learned from this and then you're able to move on without
1: being too hard on yourself so as we wrap it up, um, you've, you know, you've really segued us. Um, we usually, we're doing this thing where we give you an imaginary billboard that we're going to put on Uhuru Highway. And in this billboard, we're going to do it slightly different with you. Um, so I want you to share something to the young Awanjiru. Mm-hmm. What advice would you talk to young Awanjiru and, and put it up there so that she can be seen? And and that's when I say young Awanjiru, there's other people who were in your position before. What would you put in that billboard?
3: I would say to Ajiro, there is no nobility in shrinking yourself to make other people feel good about who they are. So be you, do you, and never stop learning. Never,
1: never stop learning. Absolutely. Powerful. So she was clicking her fingers because that's what she says. <laughs> don't, don't ever, yeah, you know, dim dim your, so. dim, your dim your light. light. Never dim don't your light. light and don't let others dim it too. Correct, um, correct. Thank you so much for being an excellent guest. And um, for those who are listening and tuning in, I want to thank you for overreacting with us here with Wanjiro. Please stay tuned, interact and engage and follow us at mm-hmm. sister Speaks 254 on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. And keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. The thank magic you. is within you. Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: Yes, and to all of our listeners, make sure you tune in each and every Monday, 10.30 p.m. East African time right here on Capital FM Kenya. Also subscribe on our podcast platforms on SoundCloud on the Capital FM page and also follow the Sister Speaks global podcast platforms on Apple, Spotify, Google and Anchor.
2: And thank you Anjero for coming to overreact with us. The conversation was very necessary. Uh, So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been overreact podcast Space where we openly ask the tough questions and have had conversations to trigger change. It's your girl, Monica Mohoya. Thank
1: you and adios. It's your girl Angela One Boy. And it's your girl Lash Angela. Just here to remind you all, don't dim your light and don't let others do it. So, ladies, let's overreact.